0: Welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Schaffer, I'm the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish congregation and host of this podcast. Each week, in 15 minutes or less, we're going to summarize the Parsha for you, the weekly Torah portion. This week is Parshat Chaye Sarah, loosely translated as The Life of Sarah. It's a rich Parsha containing 105 verses, Takes 171 lines in the Torah skull and has just over 1400 words in the Parsha. The Parsha contains the story of the demise of Sarah and the demise of Avraham, but before he goes, he finds a wife for Yitzchak and finally concludes with the lineage of Yishmael. There's so much to learn. We present to you Parshat Chayei Sarah in seven parts. Part 1. The Death and Burial of Sarah Sarah, the beloved wife of Avraham, passes at the age of 127. Avraham cries over her death and pays final respects in offering a eulogy. Avraham leaves the deathbed of his wife and declares to the local population that he is a resident alien, he owns no property, and requires to purchase a burial site. Avram seeks assistance from a local tribe, the Chittites, in pursuing a particular burial plot that belongs to Ephron. While the public negotiations for the plot are cordial, even friendly, privately Ephron drives a hard bargain and requests an exorbitant sum of money, 400 silver shekels. Rashi, chapter 23, verse 16, sees the lack of grace in Ephron's negotiation posi- position, accentuating the incredible poise of Avraham at a most vulnerable moment for him. His strength is admirable. Part 2 Avraham concludes his deal and starts a new mission. Avram finalizes the purchase of a burial ground for Sarah, and the Torah tells us that the field and the cave which was contained within the field become Avraham's. With the passing of Sarah, Avram now shifts his focus to finding a wife for his son Yitzchak. The effort to find a worthy woman is orchestrated by Avraham. Uh, where is Yitzchak? And will be implemented by Avraham's trusted servant, Eliezer. While he is a faithful servant to Avraham, Eliezer expresses doubt in his ability to convince a woman to come back with him to meet Yitzchak. Avraham is clear about one thing. Yitzchak must not leave this land. If you can't convince a woman to return to marry Yitzchak, then you are free from this obligation. You are relieved of this mission. The Chizkuni, Chapter 24, verse 8, suggests that Yitzchak was not permitted to leave the land that will become Israel because of of his experience at the Akedah. This will become really important next week in our next episode of Parsha on a Pod. Part 3 Boy, were they thirsty. Eliezer sets off with ten camels and plenty of gifts, finding a wife for Yitzchak. After a long journey, Eliezer pauses to give his camels water. Here, Eliezer seems to pray for a sign for some miraculous occurrence in which a remarkable woman will bring water for him and for all his camels. Lo and behold, there was a woman who we are told is Rivka, the niece of Avraham, who assists Eliezer and all of his camels. Eliezer adorns Rivka with gifts and inquires as to who she is. She explains her lineage and invites Eliezer to meet her family. Eliezer is stunned. He's stunned by how effective his prayers seem to be. This forno in chapter 24, verse 21, points out that Eliezer is taken aback by Rivka's enthusiasm to help. He's a little skeptical and wants to see, is she doing this out of an act of kindness, or is she seeking some kind of remuneration, some kind of payment? If it was generosity that defines this woman, then Eliezer knows that she is the woman he is seeking on his mission to find a wife For Yitzchak. Part 4. Meeting the Indos. Eliezer announces a blessing to God as he meets Rivka's family. The camels are cared for. Keep an eye on them for later. They're going to make a big comeback. And Eliezer explains who he is and what his mission is. Keep an eye on his explanation because he goes into every single detail of his mission. For 15 long verses, Eliezer records everything, including his doubts, including his surprise. Eliezer gives up what seems to be a lot of leverage by his sheer enthusiasm for his prayers being answered, for having met the dynamic and generous Rivka. Rivka's family, specifically her father Betuel and her brother Lavan, hedge their bets and indicate their willingness for Rivka to go with him with a certain concern, with a certain insincere caution. Rashi, chapter 24, verse 50, points out that the language that they use illustrates that Rivka's family were both untrustworthy, though they were also deeply concerned by God, by the God of Avraham. One other note on this aliyah, on this section. It is the longest narrative in the Torah. It's worth taking a pause for a moment to compare what is Eliezer's recollection of the events and what were the events themselves. What are the similarities and what are the differences? Part 5 Another deal is struck Eliezer concludes his negotiations with Rivka's family By the way, her father is now Awal. And her family asks if Rivka agrees to go with Eliezer She does And they set out on their journey back to Avraham and Yitzchak Once they have left, Rivka mounts the camel Remember them? And they head back to the land of Canaan. Upon seeing Yitzchak from a distance, Rivka falls off the camel, seemingly overwhelmed by the image of her future husband. A brilliant sight. Eliezer explains to Yitzchak everything that happens. What takes him 15 verses in the last Aliyah, he covers here in one verse, verse 60. And Yitzchak and Rivka marry. Rashi, verse 2466 points out that Eliezer reports to Yitzchak the power of his prayers, knowing that this would be the most impactful in making an impression on Yitzchak. The netziv, in a little bit more of a romantic notion, suggests that Eliezer simply reports back to Yitzchak how generous, how kind, how wonderful Rivka is. This is what convinces Yitzchak to marry this woman. Part Six: Saying Goodbye to Avraham Goyim, the Father of Many Nations. The Torah now tells us that Avraham marries a woman named Keturah and has many more children. It is only Yitzchak, though, that is the physical and spiritual heir of Avraham. Avraham, who we've come to know and come to love, passes at the age of 175 and Yitzchak and Yishmael come together to bury their beloved father in the cave that he had bought at the beginning of the Parsha for Sarah. After Avraham's passing, Yitzchak grows in wealth and influence and resides in Be'er Lechai Roi, worth paying attention the many times that location comes up in the Torah. Rashi, chapter 25, verse 5. Clarifies that Yitzchak becomes the child of Avraham That carries forward all of the blessings that he had received throughout his life And will continue the Abrahamic mission This, Aliyah, is about clarifying the journey, the purpose And the spiritual goals of the descendants of Avraham Though his impact is far and wide And his reach is second to none it's his child Yitzchak that continues his work. Part 7. The Yishmael You Thought You Knew This epic parasha concludes with one final passing. It concludes with, by providing us the lineage for Yishmael, including a birth of twelve sons, twelve princes, born to his family. Yishmael lives for 137 years, and he dies and is buried with his loved ones. Rashi, chapter 25, verse 17, suggests that the language describing Yishmael's passing is typically used to describe the righteous when they pass. The Ramban, the same location, points out that the Torah records the passing of Yishmael, unlike Asav because he must have repented towards the end of his life and lived righteously with his father's values guiding him. The Ibn Ezra suggests that Ishmael's ability to focus on his family, on his family's well-being, on them living with values driven by the generosity and hospitality of his father is what caused the Torah to record his passing and the righteousness of his last days. Ishmael is indeed still a child of Abraham, carrying forward his values, and the Torah pays that tribute to him. One final thought on the parasha. I keep on mentioning, I keep on drawing your attention to the camels and the role they play in the journey of Rivka to Yitzchak. In the coming week, Rivka will struggle with starting a family with the Holy Yitzchak, and she will feel insecure. She'll feel unworthy of creating the family that Yitzchak and her want to create. The camel, an animal that has the internal signs of Kashrut, a camel that chews the cud but lacks the external signs, does not have a split hoof, will become symbolic, symbolic for her. This camel will help her realize that her family, their demerit, their connivingness, is not what is getting in the way. It's her own self-worth. It's her own merit. It's her internal signs of kashrut that will stand as a zechut, that will stand as a merit for them starting their family. But more on that next week. My name is Yechiel Shaffer. This has been Parsha on the Pod, examining Parsha Chayi Sara, Don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform that you listen to and share it with a friend. Thank you so much. Learn hard and enjoy the Parsha.